Hey there everyone, Art Burns here, wishing you well today. I hope you all had a great weekend. I hope Monday is treating you well, but I hope you are treating you well on this Monday also. And this is very, very important as we know, as you've heard me say here, you know, self-compassion is one of the strongest tools that we have to, to build our own resilience, to build our own sense of fulfillment, and to build our own, you know, kind of emotional, uh, the ability to regulate our emotions. And so um, so I hope that you're able to, to show yourself some kindness and to you know acknowledge what you're going through and to and to understand that you're not alone right this is this is these are very important steps to self-compassion and if you'd like more information about that please just let me know I'd, I'd be more than happy to share that with you it's something I've now worked into my uh, program with my clients and uh, and everybody benefits very very highly from it so um, last night I gave another one of my uh, weekly webinars on it called how to tame stress and eliminate reactivity in less than eight weeks it's a wonderful webinar. I love giving it. Uh, people enjoy it. People get a lot of benefit from it. Uh, so I'm told from many emails that I get the next day. Um, but a couple of weeks ago, I actually changed the format a little bit, and I, I made it less about. And this was at the at the um, uh, at, thanks to a comment from one of my attendees who pointed out that the the information I was giving was was a lot more about the risk factors of stress rather than or, or not as much as she was hoping about actually reducing the stress. So what I did was I tweaked it, right? I made it more about, I took out some of the information about the, the risks of, of chronic stress in terms of our health risks and, um, and made it more about, um, you know, more, more focus on the actual practices and, and what it means to practice mindfulness and how mindfulness helps us to, to reduce the stress in our lives. And so thank you to that person. I don't want to call her out uh, by name, but, but thank you again. I sent her an email. She was very happy uh, that I took her, her uh, criticism constructively, and I'm happy too. Uh, so, but today what I do want to do, because I think that this is very important information, right? It's very important to understand the risk factors associated with stress, because the problem is, you know, I talk to a lot of people, you know, about stress, and I talk to them about, you know, what's going on with their stress, how the stress is alive in their in their lives and in their bodies. And one thing that I hear over and over and over again, right, is that you know, like stress is just kind of part of what my life. You know, it's it's just what I do, and 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 you know, someday I'll I'll figure out how to control it, but for right now I can't. It's just something I have to I have to keep pushing through it. You know, because because this is what motivates me. I hear all kinds of things like this, right. And the fact of the matter is that stress is one of the most dangerous things that we experience, right? You know, stress is meant to, you know, stress is a very important tool that we have in our physical, um, you know, reaction to things, right? And, and the stress response is something that, that keeps us alive, very literally. And, and in fact, you know, the stress response and the, the, uh, the um, uh, sympathetic nervous system in, in, you know, in our evolution as human beings, this is literally why I'm able to sit here talking to an iPhone and recording this video with wireless, uh, you know, Bluetooth, uh, uh, earbuds here, right? Like, like the stress response is what's allowed us to evolve to this point, right? But you know, it's it's really about like the stress response is appropriate 
in about three to four minute batches, right? Like, like you know, like you're, you're being chased by something, right? Think of like the, the natural world, right? The animal kingdom, right? Where, you know, a, a gazelle is being ch uh, chased by a cheetah, right? Within as, as um, uh, a really wonderful stress doctor uh, named Robert Sapolsky says, you know, in, in three minutes, either the, the threat is over or the gazelle is over, right? Like either the cheetah catches the gazelle in a few minutes or the gazelle's lucky enough to escape. But either way, in about three minutes or so that 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 stress response is no longer appropriate and what what the animal then does is allows it to come back it allows its body to come back down you go from what we call fight or flight into what we call rest and digest from the sympathetic nervous system to the parasympathetic nervous system we bring ourselves back down right the problem with modern society right is that you know most of us are not in a dangerous situation here right like most of us live in in you know kind of you know relative safety in terms of you know safety from violence um, you know we have houses that are that are you know uh, pretty you know sound and structure and stuff now this of course you know bars you know natural disasters and things like this but I'm talking about just run-of-the-mill everyday life you know just generally speaking in in modern Western society is pretty safe you know and so so we don't need the stress response however as you've probably heard heard me talk about here, 77% of American adults experience chronic stress. And that word is the key there, chronic, right? Uh, a gazelle does not experience chronic stress. A, a gazelle experiences acute stress, right? It's acute stress that is over, again, within a few minutes, right? And that's the same thing that happens to you when you're in a, uh, you know, if, if heaven forbid, you know, there's a, a car accident that happens. You know, your body is going to go into the stress response to make you react in ways that is going to get you through whatever you're going through, right? And, and, and in a few minutes, it comes back down. Right? That's how it works, right? But for 77% of American adults, 77%, and this was before COVID, right? So this is probably much higher now, but 77% of us, right, we, we live with chronic stress, and that is because the stress is caused by what we're thinking. Right, we're, we're we're thinking about you know bills that are due. We're thinking about projects at work. We're thinking about uh, you know social issues that we have. We're thinking about romantic issues we have. We're thinking about our health issues, right? But we're thinking about it in terms of like the outcomes, right? And and when we think in terms of the outcomes. That's when our brains have this really cool thing that they do, right? <laughs> you know, cool in, in, a, in a scientific sense, like fascinating sense, but not very convenient for us, right? Because the, the brain, what it always does, right, is it's always going to picture the worst possible outcome. Like as soon as you start thinking about what might happen, what outcome might happen, your brain and your mind are always going to go to the worst possible one. Right? It's part of our survival technique. Again, talking about evolution, right? That is what's allowed us to evolve, right? That plus the stress response, right? That, that what we call a negativity bias, right? It's just, it's, we're always going to go to those negative things, right? And, and the, the problem is, right, is that when we, when we start thinking about those negative things, right? Another very fascinating thing that's, that's true about our body and our mind and our brain is that our brain and our body don't know the difference between an actual event 
and the thoughts of an event, right? The same circuitry in the brain happens, right? If you're, if you're just imagining, you know, losing your job because of a project gone bad or, or not being able to pay a bill and, and you know, the, the eventual consequences of that, your, your brain does not know the difference between just sitting at your desk and thinking about that and that stuff actually happening. Right, And so that's where every time that happens, the only way that your brain and your body know how to respond to that is with the stress response because they feel like something is wrong. We need to get out of this situation because something is dreadfully wrong. Right, And so what they're doing is, you know, your brain and your body together are going to trigger this sympathetic nervous system. Okay, when you do that, right, your blood pressure increases, your heart rate increases, your, your um, uh, uh, respiratory system becomes slow, you know, very quick and shallow, right? Um, your, your digestive system shuts down. The body's ability to, to you know, monitor and, and, and moderate and, and regulate, you know, blood sugar and cholesterols and, and all that kind of stuff shut down, right? Because again, your body is only concerned about surviving the next five minutes, right? Your body's not concerned with anything else. So everything else is just getting turned off, right? And now if this happens one day, you know, and, and you go up in this hyper arousal and then come down five minutes later, psh, no problem. No problem. That, that's not at all a problem for your body. Your body can do that every single day even, you know, once a day. The problem is when it becomes part of our thoughts, right, it happens over and over and over and over and over again. And what happens is we just stay in that place of hyperarousal, that sympathetic nervous system, right? We stay there until we do something to bring ourselves back down. Okay, now, so that's why there are two major groups of risk to our health from this chronic stress, right? The first group comes from the actual process, and I'm gonna go over this in a second, but the actual process of the, the stress response, right? On a, on a chronic, prolonged level. The second group comes from the, the sort of indirect health risks that, that come from what we call maladaptive coping mechanisms, right? Because when you're, when you're in that place of hyperarousal all day, at some point you gotta do something to make yourself come down, right? So you do things like you overeat or you drink too much alcohol or you 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 know smoke too many cigarettes you're doing something to try to get yourself to feel good in the moment you know to, to, to get rid of this this terrible feeling of this stress that you're feeling all the time but in the end that behavior maladaptive right it's, it, it's bad for you in the end right and so so let's go over these these different health risks and then I'm going to tell you something really fascinating also that kind of overarches all of this, okay? Um, so the first group of, of health risks, let's call the direct uh, risks to our health as, as a result of the stress response. Remember what I told you, when you're in the stress response, right, what you're doing is your your body is, is uh, the, the, the sympathetic nervous system, the sympathetic branch of your nervous system is active, right? And that makes your, your heart rate increase, your blood pressure increase, your respiratory system become uh, shallow um, and quick, right? You're breathing from your chest, as well as, you know, it, it winds up shutting down all these different systems of your body. So what results? right so when your heart rate is going up every single day right eventually that's going to result in a heart arrhythmia right which is a an irregular heartbeat right 
that that's something that will ultimately lead to um, cardiac disease, um, you know, complications of some sort. You'll have to go see my friend uh, who's a cardiologist, and and you're going to, you know, that that's a big deal, obviously, right? If your heart stops going, then you stop going, right? That's one of the vital organs, right? And so so if you if you're increasing your heart rate every single day throughout the day, over and over and over again, your heart just can't handle that, right? And so eventually that's what happens, right? It weakens, it becomes irregular, cardiac disease, all kinds of things start happening and that's really bad, okay? Um, the blood pressure, right? <laughs> Every day, if you're in, in uh, hyperarousal, your blood pressure is increased all the time, right? There's only so much of that your body can take before you're, you're kind of, you know, well, I mean, again, it's a direct result, right? And so, so as you're increasing your, your blood pressure every day, that's what we call chronic hypertension, right? That, that daily, that your blood pressure is that high over days and weeks and months and years, right? The damage that's caused by that is very severe. Okay, very severe. You're talking about hardened arteries. You're talking about stroke risk. You're talking about, um, you know, all kinds of things are going to come from this, this, uh, this, you know, hyperarousal. Uh, I'm sorry, hypertension, right? Um, uh, obesity is something that's very, very commonly associated with the stress response. When you're, when cortisol is flushing through your body, not only are you, you not digesting your food properly, and not only are you likely to maladaptively overeat, which we're gonna talk about in a second, but you're also going to, um, you know, the, the chemical response of that hormone actually makes you hold weight on your body. That's actually true in monkeys in Africa that this uh, Dr. Sapolsky uh, studies, right? He, he literally you know the, you can see pictures and films of these monkeys with big guts on them right and that's because they're you know because the the, the hierarchy of their uh, society those are the monkeys that are feeling the stress right and, and so it's something that's automatic it's not just about overeating and not just about not digesting but the the fact that the cortisol is in your body is going to make you gain that weight and especially around the midsection right which is the worst place you want for it because then that leads to inflammation which leads to all kinds of other health issues that you could experience and likely will experience over time, right? Um, and so uh, immune system, right? Again, when you're in the, the stress response, right, your, your body is not worried about fighting a bacterial infection or a viral infection, right? It is not worried about any of that stuff in the least. In fact, it is deliberately going to not worry about that, right? And so, so what happens is when you shut your immune system down for prolonged periods of time, not only are you going to be more susceptible to getting colds and viruses and all that, and that's been well studied, right? They did a study in England where where they showed that that uh, in the civil service, it's Whitehall Street, uh, number one Whitehall Street or something like that. But in that building where all the civil service for England uh, is, the people who had the harder, more stressful jobs were, were calling in sick at a rate of like, I mean, like four times as much as the people on the upstairs floors who were not feeling the kind of uh, the stress that, that the people down below were feeling, right? So, so you're going to get sick more often, but more scary than that, is the fact that that you know ultimately when you do this to your immune system 
all the time, day after day after day after day, what you're also doing is you're increasing your risk of autoimmune diseases. And autoimmune diseases are no joke, okay? We're talking about ALS, Lou Gehrig disease. Uh, we're talking about lupus. We're talking about rheumatoid, rheumatoid arthritis. We're talking about very, very serious conditions that are life-changing, some life-shortening. Right? So it's not just something that's like, oh, well, I'll deal with my stress someday. Okay, These are the, the literal present risks that are coming strictly directly from the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the stress response itself. Right? So now let's talk about those indirect health uh, risks. Right? So these come from, again, when you're in that, that place of stress all day, right? there's only so much that you can handle that. Right? There's only so much you're able to, to put up with that, right? So, so generally speaking, people tend to have certain behaviors that, that go along with that chronic stress, okay? People tend to be overeaters. They tend to have addiction issues, right? They tend to, uh, to, to turn to alcohol uh, in, in large quantities. They tend to, um, to smoke cigarettes in large quantities. They tend, to, um, they tend to be more sedentary. They tend to not go to the gym, even though going to the gym is the perfect thing for them, right? Like that's how you can release some of that stress and, and get your body to kick into that, that parasympathetic nervous system. But because we're all wrapped up in everything that's going wrong, you know, those are the, the people less likely to join a gym and to keep going to the gym, right? Because, of, and again, that's, that's an indirect um, uh, effect of the stress itself, right? And so what happens with all this, right? So if you're drinking too much, that's gonna damage your liver. If you're smoking cigarettes all the time, that's obviously gonna uh, put you at a higher risk of, of lung disease as well as cardiac uh, diseases. And when you add that to the heart arrhythmia, you know, that's, that's a bad formula right there. Um, uh, you know, putting on the weight and not, not uh, processing blood sugar and everything, then that, that is also gonna lead to things like diabetes and, and obesity and, and all kinds of um, really, really scary stuff, okay? So, so again, this is all to say that, that the stress that you're feeling is, is as much as you might think, like, oh, it's just part of life, it's just what drives me, I'll get through it, it's okay, it's just my job, all this. It's like, no, every day you're, you're putting yourself further and further along on these health risks. Now, let me tell you about the granddaddy of all, okay? And this is a good news, bad news thing, okay? Telomeres, okay? Telomeres are these fascinating things. They're, they're like the, I've, I've heard them discussed it from, uh, from neuroscientists and, and you know people who know these things, I guess epigeneticists, um, who, who say that, that the telomeres are these little caps at the ends of the chromosomes in your cells, right? And you can liken them very much to the, the plastic cap at the end of a shoelace, right? When that plastic cap falls off the end of a shoelace, the shoelace unravels, right? And you can't get it through the, the hole in your shoe anymore. So you gotta throw that shoelace away and get a new one, right? The shoelace is dead, right? So the same thing happens with your telomeres. When they dissolve and they pop off the end of your chromosomes, your chromosomes dissolve and they, they no longer function. They can no longer tell your cell how to, how to replicate, how to divide, how to be the cell that it's supposed to be. And therefore, that cell dies. And then if enough of those cells die, then the organism dies. And that's, that's what happens in old age, right? That, that's how our bodies just expire from old age. People who are generally healthy, but just 90 years old, their, their bodies just start to die because that's what's happening to their cells. Their telomeres are popping off and dissolving and they, they just, their cells are just, you know, just dying off, right? 
And that is a very natural occurrence, right? When we're babies, our telomeres are nice and long, and slowly, every time your cells divide, it shortens just a little bit, right? And, and over the course of 90 years, that's the process, right? I have good news and bad news, okay? I'm gonna give you the bad news first, right? That people who have been studied under chronic stress, specifically, there's a study I, I read about that, that followed a group of, of special needs parents, right? Or parents of special needs children, right? That's a very, very stressful situation. A situation that just never gives up, right? It's just constant, 24 seven, you're on, 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 right? And they, they followed these people, and what they found was their telomeres, okay? Each year they were tested, their telomeres, you know, against a, a control group, right, of people the same age, same body type, same, you know, cultural background, everything else controlled except for this, you know, uh, special needs parenting. They found that, that compared to the control group, their telomeres were shortening by a six to one ratio, meaning every year that this group went, you know, their telomeres shortened by a, a measure of this group's six years. Okay, so in other words, you're taking years off your life, like six times faster, right? That's the bad news, right? The good news is, this is really good news, okay, is that there's been plenty of studies that show that, that people who practice mindfulness and meditation, okay, after as little as eight weeks, 20 minutes a day for eight weeks, have been shown to increase the, the, the length of their telomeres, at very least to slow down the process, but actually increase it in, in many cases, right? It has to do with the, uh, the production of an enzyme called telomerase, right, which strengthens the telomeres, right? And that's what happens when we practice meditation, when we stop our mind from going through this, this really stressful process of worrying about what's gonna happen in the future or what happened in the past, and we simply dwell within what's happening, that's our body's chance to actually heal itself, right? Now, there's even more health issues, right? There's issues with your memory. There's issues with your um, your IQ, right? People have been tested in the in the stress response. Their IQ in the, in the presence of cortisol, their IQ has dropped nearly fifty percent. Right, so there's, I mean, I could go on and on and on. I've already been here for 20 minutes here, so I'm gonna wrap it up, but there are so many health risks to, to, uh, to, to stress. And the thing is that if you look at the benefits of mindfulness, it's like a mirror image, right? Mindfulness has been known to, to you know, reduce cardiac disease, to, to reduce cholesterol in the body, to reduce, um, you know, uh, it increases memory. It, it increases um, uh, the, the, the cognitive function of the brain, right? It, it, it increases, um, you know, there, there was a study done in 2003 with Richie Davidson and John Kabat-Zinn where they went into a, uh, a biotech tech firm that was known for like 24-7 craziness, right? And and they they took two groups. They put one group through John Kabat-Zinn's eight-week mindfulness-based training, uh, stress reduction training, and, and the other group just went to the gym, right? And, and what they did was at the end, not only was this the group that went through the mindfulness program, not only were they reporting feeling better, feeling less stressed, feeling able to process their stress and to process what was causing the stress better, but they timed this these people are brilliant. Richie, <laughs> Richie Davidson and John Kevin are brilliant people. And so they timed it to be right, that the program would end right at the beginning of flu season. So what they did was they took both groups and they gave them all flu shots. The group that practiced mindfulness, 
produced more antibodies to the flu shot. So you're actually increasing your immune system by doing this, not just decreasing it by removing the stress, but actually increasing it through the practice of mindfulness and, and, uh, and, and meditation. So if that's not enough <laughs> to convince you of the benefits of this work, then we gotta talk because I gotta somehow get through to you. But this is, I mean, seriously, you know, um, what we're talking about is very, very serious issues, uh, threats to your health, and and the and the answer is so easy. You have it right at your fingertips, okay? You know, 10, 15 minutes a day is going to make a huge difference in this. And not only that, it's gonna make you feel better. It's gonna give you a way to live your life on your terms, not on the terms of your stress. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. I hope you're doing well. And if you have any questions about this or you want to talk more about it, please hit me up with a comment. Let's talk, okay? This is very important stuff. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Talk to you soon.